The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. And uh, today we're going to be talking about how to be a corporate athlete and to, athlete and to succeed in business um, with uh, my guest, Sheena Walker. But before I do that, I'd like to uh, say thank you to my guest last week. Uh, Steve Horton Burnett was with me. He was talking about crowdfunding. Really interesting, I felt, to understand it better in terms of what crowdfunding is and how it's used to raise funds for projects, including charity uh, use, as well as equity for business. I also found it fascinating to hear that it's something that was even used to fund the building of the pyramid. So it's, uh, it wasn't, of course, done online at that point, um, but it's clearly something that's been, uh, you know, been used for many, many um, thousands of years. And this week, I was delighted to share my keynote on strategies to get important things done in London to a really fabulous audience at the London Professional Speaking Association. And it was a slightly difficult one for me because I used it as a platform to acknowledge a friend, Stephen Sutton, who was I interviewed on the show a few weeks ago and sadly at the age of 19 passed away last week. And I'd invited Stephen actually to speak with me, but sadly, obviously, he couldn't do that. So what I decided to do was to take an item off my bucket list in honor of Stephen at the end and I, I took my electric guitar with me and I played a, van, a version of uh, my version of Van Halen's Eruption on my guitar which uh, went down really well I, but to do that I used the pressure of the event to elevate my guitar playing I, and I think um, you know what it got, sort of got me thinking was you know in terms of strategies for getting things done using events like that and using opportunities that you can find to create compelling reasons to help you to raise the bar and do things even better, um, I think is a really good mechanism. And if you're struggling to think of anything, then maybe a little reflection on Stephen and uh, your own mortality, and uh, you know, our clock is ticking. So we have to really use every day and our time really well. So let's move on to today's show. I, I'm always interested to learn more from different worlds, including sport. And my guest today helps people and companies to understand what it takes to be a corporate athlete. And just like an Olympian, it takes simple, consistent, everyday actions to improve performance, leading to habitual ex- excellence. Simply doing the right things and doing them better every time. Now, my guest today, Sheena Walker, is a globally renowned international speech um, coach, a public speaker, uh, and a business development professional. And she has a rare and unique background as an athlete and a performance coach in sport. 
Um, she has a background as a swimmer and a former Scottish national team swimming coach and has been awarded for her personal achievements in taking swimmers from grassroots to the podium. Um, and it also, you know, as the manager of Special Olympics and as a Scottish squad coach. She's the founder of The Secret of a Corporate Athlete Performance Solution, and this model addresses the seven key areas of business improvement, which I'm really keen to explore with her today. She delivers this internationally through workshops, training, and development days, including presentation, public speaking, leadership, and mentoring skills. And you'll, I think you'll find she's someone who's very passionate, she's focused and enthusiastic about addressing the business challenges uh, that uh, her, her customers face. So a big welcome to Sheena Walker. Good afternoon, Chris. It's great to speak to you. Thank you for asking me. Great to speak to you. And Sheena, do you want to maybe start with just explaining whereabouts that you're from? And you clearly have a Scottish accent, uh, for anyone who's wondering. Um, where, where did that accent, whereabouts in Scotland does that accent come from? Okay, I went to school in Forfar in Angus. And when I was quite young, I actually moved to Inverness. And then I moved up to Skye, to the Highlands. I don't think I ever picked up a Highland accent, but I think maybe today you've highlighted that. And I've lived in Dumblane for about 20 years, which is quite near Stirling. So I've got a mixture of accents. That's also the birthplace of Andy Murray Dunblane, isn't it? Yes, Andy Murray lives about one mile from me. Uh, you sort of see, see him walking his dogs sometimes, do you? I do hope that he might be somebody I'll partner with in the future and be able to come back to you on that and your show. Excellent. Well, I, I think I said to you before the break, one of the things I, when you said you came from Forfar, I remember, was as a, a, a child, I used to listen to the, well, the football results and used to get the Scottish results th- uh, through. And it always used to make me smile when it was uh, Forfar, Forfar 4, uh, Dunblane or Dunfermline 2. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. Um, I haven't seen them for a long time. They used to be very good, but I'm not quite sure where they are at the moment. Maybe somebody will ring in and tell tell us. Um, do you want to tell us? Uh, start off by telling us a bit about how you you got into swimming and ended up uh, at an Olympics. Okay, I actually was taken to the swimming pool when I was younger by a neighbour when I was three. And she took me once a week and very quickly, I think I became a bit of a nuisance to my mum because every day I asked to go swimming. And by the time I was five, I was in the pool most days. Um, When I went to school, I joined a local swimming club and I was one of the swimmers that went to the local swimming club. And very quickly, I became part of the, the junior squad And as part of the junior squad, I got extra coaching and extra training from a very burly Mr. Blair, who was quite keen that I would be developed. And I moved on from there into a squad where every day we were doing personal bests and time trials. And I did get the opportunity. I had a dream that one day perhaps I would go to the Olympics as a swimmer. And when I went home and told my parents that I had an opportunity perhaps to go for time trials, I think on reflection, my mum and dad didn't quite understand that, but said, Sheena, you're a lovely girl, but you're going to get a proper job when you're older, not swimming. I guess my disappointment was pretty horrific really at the time because that was what I wanted to do. However, through colleagues and other swimmers, they said, why don't you, Sheena, help? as to teach and coach young people. 
which at the time I didn't really want to do because I wanted to do things for me. But what I did, I did coach young people. And then I went to Morrie House in Edinburgh and did all my qualifications to be a swim coach, work in fitness, work in exercise. And as my swimmers progressed, I set up a swim school in Stirling. I actually took swimmers from grassroots to excellence and they were selected for the Scottish squad. And as I took them along, they quickly realised I had abilities and skills and would be able to help their swimmers with performance. And they asked me to be a Scottish squad coach, which resulted in me having, I guess, a higher profile in what I was delivering. And when a Special Olympic group was to be set up, I was asked to take that on board. So I became the chairperson, the manager, the fundraiser in this area for Special Olympics. So when an opportunity came to go to the Olympics as the manager, I was the proud person that was selected to go. Um, And I since have been uh, awarded um, an award from the council for my services to sport in this area. So I was delighted. I I was very proud. And anything I thought about myself not being at the Olympics went out the window. I just wanted my athletes to be the best that they could be. Excellent. I should maybe ask you what to do with my eight-year-old son who announced to me uh, last week there's no point in him doing any reading uh, because he's going to be a footballer. (laughs) Well, I would have to, to, to confess that the most rows I got from my parents were for really telling lies that I'd done my homework when I hadn't when I went swimming and seeing I was doing other things when I shouldn't have been doing them and I went swimming. So it's very, very difficult when you've got a passion for sport because when you're young, that's the only thing that matters. Yes, that's very true, isn't it? Yeah, my son son loves his football. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's what he tells everybody he's going to do when he's older, where I think the the four-year-old wants to be Superman at the moment. Well, that's good. He's got a lot of uh, special skills too. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did you end up then working with business people? You went from coaching in the, with the pool to business. Okay. I continued up until about five years ago working as a coach and teaching swimming. But as I entered the world of work, I actually started, and I've had quite a few career jumps. I worked as um, in the health service and worked as a physio assistant for quite a number of years, and then became a rehabilitation officer, which was actually a great job to have. But what I realised was that a lot of the strategies I used in sport, I started using them at work and consciously. And when there was a change in the government here and a lot of services um, were withdrawn, I decided it's time I took a risk and did something different. So I went on to a graduate training programme for Boots the Chemist, which was very different, but I just loved it. It was one of the best companies I've worked for because they were into performance and indicators and targets. And I quickly realised that speaking to staff I was spending a lot of time on people development, on the soft skills, and I was using all my coaching skills to actually meet managers and take them on a different journey. And moving into the business world now um, seems just quite natural to me. So taking my initial 
coaching and training, working with people at Special Olympics where it was all about relationships, developing people, productivity and performance. seemed quite a gradual process that I'm now in as a business consultant and a performance coach and it's quite easy. It seems that I've always just done this. Excellent. And why, Shuna, do you think uh, your lessons from the world of swimming are really so helpful to business people? Um, I think the lessons from from sport, not just swimming, but from sport, is about how you use winning strategies. So right away when I was younger, I had a coach that said to me, you need to have the right mindset, you need to have a game plan, Um, you need to have a training plan that gets you positive results every day so that you can be a winner. And I think that using that concept, looking at the mindset, having a plan, having training programs that are very specific, looking at productivity in teams, looking at how the swimmers performed and how you can take how you coach them into to work. And for example, in, in sport and in swimming, if you ask somebody to change a detail or change something they're doing, they just do it straight away. So if you change a leg movement, an arm movement, bilateral breathing, something like that, they just do it because they want to be the best. In the business world, initially, that's quite difficult for people because they do what they've always done. So when I do my work, I'm looking to give people strategies that they can implement today to do tomorrow and not hang about for one year or two years for something to happen. So it's about developing habits and processes and doing things just different so that they can become high performers. Not just the company, but maybe the manager or the director learns these lessons as well. And it's been a a brilliant way to actually make that that transition. Excellent. You just sort of got me thinking of an example I was with the a gentleman last week, and he was, maybe the week before, and he was talking about video, and he was a real expert in video. He'd been the producer of the QVC um, sales channel, and he was telling a story about when Tony Robbins had been on as a guest and was had done a, a couple of QVC events selling products, and had kind of done, had done it okay, but not really sold to the level that he'd, he'd intended to. But then... So he was brought in to give give some advice to Tony, um, but Tony only al- arrived with eight minutes to go. But right. what, he, what surprised him was that Tony, rather than when he gave him some advice, and rather than questioning it in any way, Tony just completely took it on board and acted on it, and saw a massive uplift in the sales from that event. But I suppose what tends to happen is quite often you're, t- you're advising people and they they're going through the filter. Of, uh, of thinking, well, you know, do I believe that or don't I believe that? But, it, but in this example, and probably you have to do that in swimming, just taking the advice and running with it yeah. is better than what a lot of business people may do and just uh, want to think it through and see if, it's, uh, see if they agree with it first. I mean, I think that you're right, um, Chris, that people are probably a bit frightened to take to step up and do things differently. But I find that what I sometimes do is explain what a lesson plan was in swimming about an intro, a warm-up, the main session, a cool-down and quality recovery time, and translate that into business terms. And they think, I've got it, Sheena. Oh, 
that's really easy to understand. And and I think that that's where having the expertise in sport is being able to break it down into small chunks that people don't feel fearful, don't fear that, well, what if I try this and I can't manage? They actually, because I'm motivating them, they're just quite keen to step up. And interesting, you said about Tony Robbins, I've actually... Um, I'm in Tony Robbins' camp and I've just passed my advanced coaching with in, with Tony Robbins. So I'm a Tony Robbins girl too. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent. And we've got about three minutes left till commercial break, Sheena. But I wonder if you can you know, articulate what you mean by a corporate athlete. Okay. I think that my, what I want to portray to you as a corporate athlete, in the corporate world today much like the professional world of sport, it's really competitive and it's physically demanding and it requires constant training. And these are the three skills that you need in sport. And these are exactly the same skills that somebody in the corporate world um, to perform at a higher level and be an executive, they require to have the knowledge and the skills and the stamina of an athlete. Mm, I see. I see. And, and what and what do you see as being the difference between? I've just got a couple of minutes now. We can continue after the break if you if we need to. But between you know someone who you th- you'd see as average and then in you know, elite people when it comes to sport and business. Um, what I think the difference is that some people they want to be average, normal, and they just want to fit in. Mm. But what I find now that I'm working with people, people that want to be elite, they don't want to have a roadblock and be stuck. They actually look for ways that they can actually move forward, that they can actually kind of think of it like if you're a passenger on a train, normal people, they just sit there. But if you want to be elite, you actually will move forward with ease and you'll go to the first class coach. I think elite people, they actually capitalise on their talents. And anything that they feel is maybe a little bit weaker, they'll work on that. But a key aspect, when you look at people like Chris Hoy or Oprah Winfrey, they've still got areas they want to learn, but they know what their talents are. But a key thing is their emotional state as well. Mm. They know how to manage that. And just like you highlighted with Tony Robbins, that they know the processes that they need to do to actually make them stand out. Yes. And take the right steps. Yeah, I think you make a really really good point there as well about uh, a lot of people just want to be average, want to fit in, and actually those elite people actually want to be different and, and want to move ahead. We're going to get a commercial break now, so after the break, we're going to come back, and I'm looking forward to talking with Sheena about her seven key principles of um, becoming a corporate athlete. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. 
one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Sheena Walker. We're talking about how to be a corporate athlete and succeed in business. So, uh, Sheena, um, I know you have some key principles for anyone wishing to become a corporate athlete and I just wonder if you'd like to share them just very top line and then what we'll do is we'll explore them all in a little bit more detail in a moment. Right, okay. I actually feel that for a corporate athlete you need to keep moving to the next level. You need to make a decision to become an achiever. I think that is absolutely key. And the first thing that I'd say to working as a corporate athlete, you need to take positive action, just like the swimmers, do things straight away. It's the cornerstone of actually doing something new in your business. Either do it now or ditch it. The second thing is you need to break out of your comfort zone. Average people will stay in the comfort zone, but people that are elite don't hold back they will smash through again and again to actually try and be something different the third end point as a corporate athlete is to think different because if you start to do something different you think different you get a totally different result and obviously the left and the right side of the brain left for logic, right for creativity, depending how you use that, can give amazing results. The fourth thing is corporate athletes have the ability to manage stress. Brilliant people don't get stressed. They actually turn stress into energy and they have tools and techniques that they use to use that energy and to manage quality recovery time so that they can plan and perform. And the fifth one is successful people and elite performers take massive action when they have to. 
successful people, they lead the way. They will just lead the way. They don't sit still. So massive action will give massive results and increase the productivity and services in your company. Okay, Sheena. Um, great. Thank you for those. Um, so do you want to tell, talk a little bit about positive action, about um, about doing it now um, and you know how you've how people can maybe start to incorporate that into the way that they operate. Okay. Well, probably one of the key things that, that, you know, I have noticed is that when I'm out, people don't work with a plan. They don't have a business plan. They don't have a marketing plan. And I think because they think it's a lot of paperwork, they decide not to work with anything. So I think to take positive action and actually have even just a a one-page plan, just a one-page that says what you'd like to do with your productivity in your company, one thing that's going to make a difference that you can start doing this week. The second thing might be that you're looking to expand your services. But you've not actually monitored or looked at what your services are. So let's look at, is your services seasonal? Is there a trend? What's happening there? So the second thing might be look at your services. But another positive action is let's look at what you do with your staff. Because in the economy right now, I think the economy's picked back up. You need to look at your staff being um, having extra skills. And that might be one skill I was working with yesterday, the day before, was teaching a girl how to speak on the telephone and customer service, having a script so that the customers knew right away, this is a really good company. They know what we're about. They know what we're looking for. The girl speaks clearly. And these would be three key actions you could take right away. Excellent. I know when we... When we um, sort of planning this, you sent me some information, and and one of the things you said about um, corporate champ, uh, corporate uh, athletes, uh, which I think is probably related to positive action, is that they're very obsessed with productivity and results. Uh, so, is, is you know being obsessed with their productivity and, and results does that does that manifest itself in terms of really getting into positive action to get to those results? Yeah, I think that once people start to do, when you do something and you see that you get a result, you want to do it again and again and again. So I think what needs to happen now with a corporate athlete is you need to move away from working reactively, which is what 90% of business owners sometimes do because that's just what they know. But instead of doing that, we want you to work reactively and that's going to make a difference so once you've got a system for HR or a system for appraisals a system for your marketing just a one-page system then the person will feel more comfortable they'll start to achieve and that has a knock-on effect and huge results in being able to action things straight away yeah as somebody who's you know for me I'm, I'm Obviously, I speak about getting important things done, so I'm very concerned about productivity because I've seen the massive impact that improving my discipline has had on my business. When I worked in the corporate world, I had a lot of people focusing in on 
making sure through my appraisals and my line managers and the board meetings I was in that I performed at high level. But then when I was uh, outperforming for myself uh, in, with my own business, those, that structure wasn't there. So I've had to really build in the disciplines to help with my productivity. So I'm, I'm taking more positive action. And I think that was one of the messages you know, we've spoken about, about um, you know, corporate athletes, that they really focus in on their productivity. And with something like swimming, you've got to do that, haven't you? Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that when when you're in the swimming pool, you know the the time that you you go to the swimming, you know how many lengths that that you actually do for the warm up, you know what your main session is, and and you've got to look at your tumble times, your starts, you've got to look at all these detailed things. When you apply that into the business world, it's quite it's, it's actually very easy um, to apply that time structure. A, a good point. Um, for the for the listeners is that I said I've been saying to people don't turn on your computer until eleven o'clock every day. Do your important work first. If you have to do an action or or a bit of planning, do that first between nine and half past ten. Then put on your computer. Also, having two times that you do your email is a brilliant way to improve your productivity. The minute that you have your computer on, your focus goes off planning, productivity and what you're trying to do. That makes, makes an awful lot of sense. Um, 9 to 10.30, I think mine was 7.15 to 8 this morning. <laughs> right, okay, so you're, you're doing well, so you get a star for that. Uh, but I was speaking to a guest a few weeks ago, and uh, his first thing, he reads three books in the morning before he starts work, and I think he was getting up about 4 a.m., and he started at 5 and scan read three books, <laughs> and he's done it, he was about 17, he's done it for years. I think that's um, too much for me. <laughs> you know, but I think it is about, I mean, productivity is about managing managing your time and, and the time of day that you do do things. Um, sometimes people say, well, I'm not productive in the morning, I'm better at night. But I think you can actually take a new positive action is breaking patterns of behaviour and actually starting to do things in a different way. And... Having been a swimmer and getting up at five or six o'clock, I found that habit very difficult to break, and I still get up at that time. And that's amazing. I'm up before anybody else, and it's great. You can do all sorts of things. But it's easy when you work, if you like yourself from home, it's easy to fall into the pattern of taking three hours to do something that should take you 50 minutes or something like that. Oh, that's, that's, that's very, very true, very true. And I think it's something I've really realised and appreciated myself this week is um, I've just taken someone on to, or someone to help me as an, uh, doing some sort of assistance at various times, another person, uh, to do um, key tasks like um, IT and, and legal and things like that. And yeah. you know, the speed that she's been able this week to sort out some issues, that would have probably taken me about two days. She did in an afternoon because she's naturally in a flow doing it. And uh, you know, that was really helpful, helpful to have that support this week. The thing is that um, now that we're in an entrepreneurial economy and we're looking at how best we can be efficient and effective, because in sport, you're looking at time and being the best and efficient and effective, keep moving every day. And if we apply that um, into our business world, you can imagine that the difference that would make in all sorts of areas if you started to apply these principles. Absolutely. And I think another point that's good is that if an area of specialism that 
It's not your area. Delegate it out to somebody else. Don't do it yourself. It's going to take you four hours. If, if it's IT or if it's sales, delegate that out to an expert because it will be much, much more cost effective. Absolutely. And if you're earning, if you're earning money by, by at your time, then actually you're better off trying to earn money with that time and pay yeah. somebody to do those tasks, I think. Yes. Um, so you talked about, your second point was about breaking out of the comfort zone. I think we've naturally kind of kind of moved into that. Um, any, any tips for really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone? Um, yes. I mean, when you're moving out of your comfort zone, it's doing something that you, you've never done before. So that could actually be um, interviewing, like, and I'll give you examples where I've used this, but um, uh, an accountant interviewing staff only using three or four basic questions because that was all he knew. And I actually gave him the process to actually ask competency-based questions and a practical task for somebody that he was going to recruit. And at first he was, I don't think I can ask these questions because I only know these informal ones. And what you need to do when you break out of your comfort zone is, this, particularly when you're doing recruitment, you need to have the right person in the right place at the right time. And asking for informal questions will not give you the right person. So he broke out of his comfort zone and with my assistance. And yes, he was nervous and yes, he was a little bit fearful. But once you do that and step up, then you can do that in another area too. And that's the, the beauty of doing things now, getting told a, a new strategy, do it now, and then tomorrow you can step up and do it in another area. Yeah, yeah. Ste- I mean, stepping up's a great thing, isn't it? Uncomfortable and painful, but feeling of elation when you get it right. And then it, it's quite, uh, once you've done it before, it, it can quite easily become the norm, can't you? And you can do it yeah. next time. It's great. But yeah. so how, how, do you, how do you think differently? Well, thinking thinking differently can only happen if actually you have input into a particular area where somebody where you learn a new skill. If you go and learn a new skill, it can make you think differently. But if you don't, I mean, that's where average people, they don't want to learn new skills, but they want to be efficient in business. But you need to be able to, when you're working with your team in an organisation, you need to use different words. So you need to actually have perhaps a coaching, a coaching performance strategy where you're actually giving your staff feedback and support and encouragement. That's being different. At a meeting, maybe asking um, influencing questions rather than just being direct. And it's also about thinking different is about your inner thoughts as well, because sometimes you can have, I'm sure you have too, that you think, I can't do this. This might be quite difficult. This is, I'm not going to try, so I, I won't try. But I think one of the biggest areas I've seen a difference in the corporate athlete is performance coaching, where a manager or a director actually has a different set of skills and language that they use with their staff because then staff feel that um, it's, oh, he really likes me or it's added value to the area, particular area that they're working in. So that's a huge area, coaching in the workplace. 
So it's a brilliant area to have. Now, I was sitting yesterday in a, in a senior meeting. I was, thinking, I was part of a senior meeting with a, with a client I'm doing a lot of work with, and I, I actually was his coach for about three years. And I, and I do lots of work with the, com- with, with the company. Um, but, but I watched him and observed him this week, and the guy is an absolute master when it comes to summarizing you know, a very, very complex meeting, lots of ideas and thoughts. And he was able to, out of this, what could have been very confusing, able to clarify it in a very clear and systematic way. And suddenly everybody realized how far we'd actually come. Yeah. And, and I think what that made me think was, um, actually, maybe there's, there's some things I can learn from that about how I think differently about summarizing. Uh, and I'd like to become a, you know, an athlete when it, when it comes to summarizing. Because he certainly is. I actually, in one of the programs I teach, which is called Pitch Perfect, which is about having different pitches for different situations, I've actually got three there for having meetings because meetings take up such a lot of time. And again, I actually teach people to have a meeting and have an action almost straight away so that the people leave the room and they've got very clear actions to do the next day. Whereas normal, average, conventional meetings, people think, okay, we'll send out the minutes this week. And when I send out the minutes, if we get that done in four weeks, and by that time your staff have lost momentum, they've forgotten what it was that you talked about, and I think it is important to have effective meeting management. It's a a great uh, skill to have. Uh, absolutely, because as you say, it can it can it can take an enormous amount of time and be counterproductive if they're not managed really well. Uh, so we're going to go back to commercial break again, and uh, we shall be back with uh, with with lots more in the final part of the interview. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Sheena Walker. We're talking about uh, becoming a corporate athlete to succeed in business. And uh, Sheena, you shared with me um, about five points um, which I took, uh, took note of. And the, um, and the fourth one you mentioned was about the ability to manage stress. We talk about taking positive action so far. We've talked about breaking out of the comfort zone. We've talked about thinking differently. Um, how there is a lot of, can be a lot of stress and we can apply a lot of stress to ourselves in, in business. What are your kind of recommendations for people though who are in, in feeling stressed about how to manage that more effectively? I think that one of the key things there, Chris, is time management that we spoke a little bit earlier, is how people manage their time. I think there is a, a conception that if you if you spend 14 hours working you're actually really good if you have to work 14 hours a day you're probably quite inefficient at what you do so having these times that you switch on your computer and having the times that you look at your email but I think also what's really really important is having the quality recovery time that an athlete would have for instance an athlete might train for three days and then on day four he will do something totally different because his his body his mind and everything has to has to rest to not be weary and worn out basically I mean because an athlete trained every single day they would find that they weren't able to compete at high level events so I think what's important is that you plan I have something I do and I've encouraged other people to do it usually on a Wednesday afternoon I go out and I go to the best hotel there is in the area I'm in and I've been going to Glen Eagles where the Ryder Cup is Mm. and I go there for a few hours I people watch, I get creative thinking, I feel chilled, I have a coffee, I meet exciting people, new people. And for a few hours out of the office, it's an absolutely amazing way to feel really good. But some people might want to go to the gym. Some people don't want to do that. But it's doing something different an afternoon a week, Um, whether it's the cinema whether it's meditation, doing yoga. You can't do all of these things. But what is it you love to do? I mean, I love, I go to the swimming. I go to the sauna three or four times a week, have my afternoon up at the hotel. costs very little, but it's away from the everyday environment. And I think it's important to do that every week. 
Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I took my son to see something called Horrible Histories last night, and that was a nice break, something a bit different. Um, just got me out of the uh, the world of work for a couple of hours. Yeah, it's easy though to get when you work from home just to keep working, isn't it? it very, very easy, and it's also if you're not very dis- if you're not disciplined about it, it can encroach on on family time and things like that if you're working from home. But actually, corporate athlete people actually know the difference between being average and ineffective and actually being efficient at what they do. They actually start to learn that there's a different way of thinking, a different way of living, and that corporate athletes want to have that quality of life, which is really important to them. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a danger as well, isn't there, in, in in corporate life, I remember as a salesperson many years ago in the Mars organization that I there were some sales incentives and I worked really hard for them and I I was blessed to have uh, to have won a major sales incentive. Um, but I created so much work for myself. I was then working till eleven o'clock most nights afterwards, just trying to manage it. And and we can sometimes, if we're not careful, become victims of our own success by taking on more, doing more. Um, I suppose the key is to make sure that we're focusing our Time and energy in the right areas and getting the you know the right results really. I um I remember um, hearing uh, Steve Redgrave speaking about um, the eight people because he he was the Great Britain captain of of rowing and I remember him speaking about the eight people in the boat and he said but there was always one or two people that stood out. They all got the same training. They all had the same plan. They all had the same training. They all had the same food. They all did, but the two of them were really aware of having quality downtime and focusing very specifically on goals. Yes. And that was the two things that these two exceptional people did different, which I thought was quite interesting. Excellent. So do, you want to, do you want to talk a little bit, a bit about goals then? And a, you know, yeah, but... Um, things about goals. I know, Chris, that when you mention goals, and in particular if you mention them in January after Christmas, people think, if I hear goals once more, that's just mm-hmm. not what I want to hear. Mm. But I see goal setting um, very different. I see that as an important, clear message that's almost just something round the corner from your house. Again, an action that you can do quite quickly. And I think it's really, really important to think of a goal as, and the viewers might want, or the listeners might want to write this down, is where is it you're heading? Are you going to head somewhere? Your goal should take you someplace. It should take you to a location. It should take you um, into another area of productivity, another area of service, or into a different career. Your goal should always have a very clear purpose and I actually work with when I work in business I work with a layered approach to goals so I don't just give people an achieve something to do or a goal I actually give them it in four areas so the first one is having what I call a crazy goal or a rainbow goal so that would be a goal and an example of that is Last year, my rainbow goal was I wanted to go to Australia to see my family. Now, there was no way at that time that was I actually thinking I could go, but I thought, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to focus on it. So that was my crazy goal, something that you think 
could be achievable, but it's a dream, it's a vision. The second one is having concrete goals. Now, these concrete goals would be linked sometimes to outside controls, but it would be to do with your plan, your marketing, your staffing, and the economy can dictate that. But having just one or two concrete goals in your business that you think is round the corner that you can manage is a great way to think. The third one is having um, everyday goals. Now, these everyday goals you've mentioned, you took your son um, to the cinema, you went out and walked your dog, things that actually fit in with managing stress and doing things differently. Everyday goals are things that you need to do every day, and that will be making phone calls, doing some tasks looking for the destination that you want to go to. And the fourth one is looking at what's inside your control. What is it you want to do that's going to bring quality into your organisation? What, as a corporate athlete, do you have inside your control that you can do today that's going to make a difference? So that's Crazy goals over the rainbow, concrete goals, everyday goals, and inside control goals. Now, each of these layers does a different job, but they all support each other in reaching your destination. Excellent. Well, that's really, really uh, interesting. I've not heard goals kind of layered like that before. I think that's quite nice to, to split them out, and I think it's quite nice, as you say, to have a have a rainbow goal, so it's it doesn't look say more mundane. Um, I think that you know when you're working in sport, that and you're working with with athletes, you need to have goals. But it might be, you know, goals about their diet, goals about um, their swimming, goals about ex- so you can use different types of goals, and then. Swimmers can actually achieve these things quite easily because they think, oh, yeah, and and I can do that on a Monday and I can do that on a Tuesday. So this is really, really a good way to work. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Um, Now, I know you're you're a professional communicator, and I know one of the things that you really kind of endorse for for people who are in business is to become a, a great corporate communicator. And I think... You know, that is a fundamental, isn't it, with people who are successful. They tend to be able to c- communicate well. I just wonder if you've got any, any sort of tips on, on communication, particularly maybe for, for people who are thinking, well, that's not actually my natural strength. Um, if I had a pound for every time I heard that when I'm out, and I think that I've met elite people, corporate athlete people, who are actually missing out on business because they actually have a fear of speaking. And I think that, like, just highlight that in today's fast-moving business environment, it's very, very difficult to get your business noticed because we're bombarded with email and messages and hundreds of other communications every day. So for me, how you can stand out from the crowd is being able to have a really good picture, a really good briefing. So whether that's whether that's to your directors, whether that's to your staff, it's been able to start to not be so fearful. And one of the things that I think, if I can quickly give you six key tips that I think prevents people in the corporate world or to stand out, these are six things that I've found that 
prevent people from actually being the best that they can be. So the first thing that is that they don't know the audience that they're going to speak to. That's okay if you're speaking to your immediate staff. But you need to know your audience. So when you're going out in the business world, who are the people that's going to be there? Define in your head who they are so that when you go to speak, you actually can deliver a message that's you-focused. The second thing is you need to know your material. If you don't know your material, you will be fearful, lack confidence, and you will be quite nervous. So you need to know your material. If it's a topic you think, um, I just know that, I, I do that every day, I can just speak about it, then you can forget that. You need to look at putting your content into some sort of structure so that you come across as being credible. And you need to make your you need to make your material interesting and memorable and include you focused questions to the audience. The third thing is that I've mentioned there, you need to structure it and you need to have a set of key points. So when you're in the corporate world, what's three key points you would perhaps want your audience to know? about you or your business or the benefits of what you can give to them. And it's really important that um, you can refer to these points and that you can trigger, okay, that point means that I can add a benefit to what I sell or do to my audience or a learning, a learning in, in the personal world. The next step, which is so important as a speaker, is you need to practice. And I always say, if you're learning to drive, you don't just go into a car and drive. And if you're learning a musical instrument, you've got your guitar, did you just pick it up and play a tune? You don't. You have to practice. So a key thing in the corporate world is like swimming. If you want to be good, you've got to practice, practice your starts and turns. And if you want to be a speaker, you need to practice the things that matter. So is it your intro? Is it your summary at the end? Is it your content? Is it your structure? But you definitely need to practice. And the final thing is that you need to be able to prepare so if you're going to be going out to speak, even though it's only for five or ten minutes, you need to prepare. What am I going to wear? What am I going to say? What if I have problems with the IT? So all of that preparation is not just about the content. It's about all the other things that you would need to consider before you go out. And the final thing is about going out is that you need to be calm from the inside when you go out to speak and some of the things I teach on my programme initially is fear-free speaking and it's about learning breathing techniques, learning how to stand and how you can speak from your diaphragm instead of speaking from the back of your throat. If you speak from the back of your throat, you can get a dry mouth and your tone is affected. So being able to do exercises that you can speak from your diaphragm is a brilliant way to encapsulate everything that you're trying to do. Excellent, Sheena. Well, we're, we've kind of come to the close now. Um, so I just want to say you know, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. I think uh, you know, you, you've highlighted some really important things, I think, about, uh, as you, you define it, being a corporate athlete, but you know, things like taking positive action and breaking out of the comfort zone and thinking differently, managing stress, uh, taking lots of action. Uh, I love the, uh, the point about having a rainbow or a crazy goal, so I thought that was really 
really helpful. So, uh, and, and some great tips there on speaking. I, I don't know about you, Sheena, but I kind of think with speaking, it's something, just get on and start start doing it and learning it because uh, it, it might be something that could be very valuable for you in a few years' time, if not now. Yes. Um, so I think it's quite an important skill. Yeah, like I, I always say that a speaking opportunity is a business opportunity and it's a speaking opportunity is a career opportunity too. So being able to just start making progress with that is really good. Hey, fantastic. And to find out more information about uh, about Sheena, um, it's SheenaWalker.com, is correct? Yeah, Sheena. I've actually got a new website as well, but that yeah, Sheena at SheenaWalker.com. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. That's mm. that's perfect. Yeah, I guess that's your email address, it's Sheena. Yes, it is. If anyone wants to email Sheena, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. On on next week's show, um, I'm on holiday this next week. I say I'm on holiday. I'm actually taking a holiday to lock myself away and get my book uh, finished, as we have publishers requiring it fairly soon uh, so i shall be taking a, a week out so i'm going to replay a show that i did uh, with michael dodd last year and michael was um, sharing he's a media expert and he was sharing some tools and techniques for dealing with the media and i like to replay some shows that i think are going to be really valuable to people um so if i replay one they're always worth listening to there's 123 shows now in the archive so um it, people often ask me what are the best ones and michael dodd is a real class act and there's some really great content in there so enjoy that and, and i shall be back with you the following week and we're looking into nlp with um, jeremy lazarus and what all of that means and how it can help us. So in the meantime, have a tremendous uh, week or two, and I look forward to speaking to you again shortly. And if you've got any comments or feedback, please send them to chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Once again, Sheena, thank you very much. And thank you for asking me. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.